The following audio is from Redemption Church. More information about our church can be found at www.redemptionchurchlacombe.org. Let's dive into the Word today. This is our third week into our series called The Holy Spirit, The Power at Work Within Us. If you have not listened to the previous two sermons, I want to encourage you to go back whether that's through our website, whether that's through the YouTube channel, I would encourage you to go back and get the first two sermons so you can understand those foundational truths. I'm going to recap those in just a moment, uh, but I want to really just emphasize the importance of this teaching for you as a believer to understand that this is not just some kind of catchphrase here. It is real that the power is available to us through the Holy Spirit, who lives in believers. And we want you to get this. So we're not rushing through this teaching. We're going to take the time that the Holy Spirit leads us to do it because we want you to be able to understand these truths from the Word of God. We have walked through the past couple of weeks. We began at Ephesians chapter 3. We study verses 14 through 20 to see that the Holy Spirit is within the believers. Let's read that text, and then let me just recap those points for you to hopefully whet your appetite to go back to read and listen to those sermons. So Ephesians 3, 14, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Verse 20, and now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. God is the one that gives us the power. And we talk about who gives us the power. It comes from God. He is the one who does that. You can't just conjure up power within yourselves. You can't just conjure up power just to try to be a better person. You can't just conjure up power just to be a better you. The power that we need comes from God. So the next question we ask is, who gets the power? Well, all believers, those who have genuinely repented and believed, those are the ones who get the power through the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, Paul tells us that those who heard the word, believed the gospel, they were sealed with the Holy Spirit. We've talked about different terms, and we'll unpack those more in this series that some use Baptism of the Spirit, some say seal with the Spirit. I think those are one and the same. That 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about that we're baptized into the Spirit, into the body. You can't be a part of Christ absent of the Spirit of God being in your life. And we looked at the third thing is that the Holy Spirit that we receive is fully God. The reason why we said that's important is because we need to understand that the God who is that the Spirit who is in us is God Himself. And so we look at the truths of God and we see all that God has done in Scripture. We wonder, can God do those things in my life? Is He able to do those things? The answer to that question is yes, because He's God. And the Holy Spirit is God and He is in us. And we're going to unpack that teaching also during this series and show you from all of Scripture, Genesis through Revelation, that the Holy Spirit is clearly God. He's not just some second tier or third tier level of God. He is fully God in us. Fourthly, we talked about that our walk with the Lord, walk with Jesus, either enables the power of the Spirit in our lives or it quenches the Spirit of God in our lives. And when we're walking with Him, we're going to see that again even in recapping last week, that how we walk 
makes a difference. I showed you in chapter 3 that the challenge that Paul was saying was for he wanted them to be filled with the Spirit of God. And then the very thing that he gets to in Ephesians 4, he says, Therefore I urge you to walk worthy in a manner, worthy of the calling that God has given us. We can't say, I want the Spirit, give me the Spirit, and expect the Spirit to work in us when we're walking according to the flesh. So last week, we looked at Ephesians 5.18, which is the continuation of all this teaching. And last week, we talked about be filled with the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I thought we have the Holy Spirit. Yes, we are given the Holy Spirit at our conversion. But Paul makes it very clear that we need a continual filling of the Spirit of God in our lives. Does that mean we only got a part or a portion of the Holy Spirit when we got saved? No, he gives you fully the Holy Spirit. And so what I said to you is we need to remove our concept of like a glass pitcher and then another pitcher that's filling it up. We need to be filled out in our lives. The Holy Spirit is in us and we want him to permeate everything about us. Look at Ephesians 5, 18, the text that we looked at last week. Paul says, do not get drunk with wine for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's important that we read the Bible in context. It's one of those things that you'll learn in how to study the Bible. You should be learning that through all the teachings that I give you here and the way that we teach the Bible. Context is important to understand. Paul says in Ephesians 5.18, be filled with the Spirit to the same people that he's praying for in Ephesians 3, that he's praying that they would be filled with the Spirit of God. It's the same people that he talked to in Ephesians 1 when he says you believed it and you were filled and sealed with the Spirit of God. So we have the Spirit. So do we need to be filled with the Spirit? Yes, meaning that we need the constant filling, permeation of the Spirit of God because we leak. We leak the Spirit permeation and we allow our flesh to permeate again. And so we don't lose the Spirit, so don't take that leaking analogy too far. But we oftentimes, we may be here on Sunday mornings and we walk out and we have, we're determined, we're eager, and then we don't do the things that we need to do to stay disciplined, to stay focused. And then slowly what happens is the flesh begins to rise instead of the Spirit ruling. So we need to seek the ongoing power of the Spirit of God. So we talked about that way we do that is that we need to understand that it's God who does the filling. We can't just press a magic button to make that happen because that text says that it's, these out, it's a source outside of us. So be filled. It's a command to do so. We're to do it, but God has to be the one who does it. So last week we started a five-step process that I believe the scriptures teach us of how we can be filled with the Spirit of God. We talked about two. One of those is that we pray We pray for the filling of the Spirit of God. You say, well, that seems pretty rudimentary. I think it's actually foundational, and it's simply revolutionary, and it will rock your world. The question is, do you really want to be filled with the Spirit of God? A lot of us will say, yeah, that's what I want, but let me put it this way. Do you really want to lose full control of yourself, your life, and let the Spirit have full control? Now, that doesn't mean like passing out, That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about releasing our control of things in our lives that we love to hang on to. So if we're saying, Lord, fill me with the Spirit of God, what we're saying is, Lord, permeate every aspect of my life 
And the purpose of being filled with the Spirit of God is not just seeking some emotional experience. The purpose of asking for the Spirit of God is for Him to strengthen us with power, to live for Him, and to be victorious over sin. So if I'm praying, God, I want you to fill me, those are two things. And they are in diametrical opposition to one another. Living for Him and our sin are opposed to one another. So if we're saying, Lord, fill me, we're wanting to have power to live for Him and the ability to have victory or to crush the sin in our lives. We can't conquer sin in our own power. You can try to be a good person. You can have good morals. But you need Christ. You need the Spirit to enable us to do it. So I want you to see where this purpose of praying for the Spirit is for power, not something just emotional experience. Go back to Ephesians 3, and I want you to see it again in verse 16, what Paul is saying, the purpose of being filled with the Spirit, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be, what? Strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. What's Paul doing in this passage of Scripture? I showed it to you last week, verse 14. He's bowing his knees. He's praying for his people to be filled with the Spirit of God. It's what I do. I'm praying for me. I pray for my family. I'm praying for us. I'm praying for our church to be filled with the Spirit of God. And so we, I gave you the illustration to just try to help you to understand what this means. Remember the plug-in, the potpourri that's in a house. It just permeates everything. That's what we're talking about. So if we're praying for the Holy Spirit to fill us, then we also need to be ready for what He begins to reveal. We have to be ready for what He shows us needs to change. We have to be ready to do what He's prompting us to do. It's not always sin that has to be canceled, but sometimes it's our negligence of things that we need to do that the Holy Spirit is also telling us to do. So, for example, if you say, pray, Holy Spirit, fill me, it may be, hey, step up to the game, Dad, be a dad. He may say, hey, wife, make sure you're being a wife, make sure you have a father, being a father. All those things when you're saying, fill me with the Spirit of God, we're asking, permeates. I don't need to re-preach that sermon, but I sure could. Two, we talked about walking in the spirits. Walking in the Spirit is very similar to what we talked about in the first sermon, that if we're asking to be filled with the Spirit of God, we have to walk in the Spirit of God. We can't be just living in sin. And we're saying, well, God, fill me, but then we're living like we want to. I gave you the breaker box analogy last week, that we have the power that's coming into the breaker box. If you don't understand electrical systems, you have a breaker box in your house, by the way. And sometimes you have to go check the breakers. And so sometimes there may not be power going to a room. It's because the breaker might be off. But some of us have intentionally turned off the breakers of certain areas of our lives. We really don't want the Spirit there. But we really need Him there. And if we're saying, Lord, fill me, we want Him to be ruling and reigning in every area. Today, Lord willing, with the time that we have, I want to show you the three additional steps. Now let me also say this to you. These things that I'm teaching you are for one of two things. Either we need to be filled with the Spirit of God, or either you are walking in the fullness of the Spirit of God, and these are still the same things that you need to do to maintain the fullness of the Spirit. You understand me? So it's not like, okay, I'm full, so I'm good. You know what happens to your gas tank when you fill it up? It's going to run out. 
So you have to stop to do what? Fill it up. Okay, so if I want to be able to, me as a spirit-driven person, walking with Christ, if I'm saying, fill me, then these things, you say, well, I've already done those things. Then keep doing these things so that we can be able to stay full. The third one I want you to see is that not only do we need to pray, not only do we need to walk in the Spirit, but we need to grow in the knowledge of the Word because the Word is Holy Spirit-inspired. Grow in the knowledge of the Word because the Word is Holy Spirit-inspired. I'm going to challenge you. I know we just got out of the month of prayer in the Word, but I'm going to challenge you again of being in the Word. I'm going to beat that drum until Jesus calls me home. You need, I need, we need, your family needs, your kids need, your marriage needs the Word. You can't get all the fullness of God absent of the Word. The Spirit lives in us. You can walk in the Spirit. But practically, how do you know how to walk in the Spirit unless you're in the Word that He inspired to tell us how to do it? So where is it at in this text? So let me just kind of give you some order here. In Ephesians 1, I'm just going to speak to you, and then we're going to look at a text. In Ephesians 1, Paul says, you believe the gospel, you are sealed with the Spirit. Ephesians 3, Paul is praying that we would be filled with the Spirit of God. Ephesians 4, Paul tells us to walk in the Spirit. Ephesians 5, he tells us be filled with the Spirit of God. Ephesians 6, then he tells us a tool that we can use that is going to enable us to do the things he just said. And it is the Word of God. Ephesians 6, verse 10 and 11. It's in the context as he's talking about spiritual warfare. Let me also make this connection to you. You have heard me say, we actually sang it in one of our songs today, that we've been rescued when we get saved out of the kingdom of darkness, and we get transferred into the kingdom of God. And when we're walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit is the way that we live in His kingdom. And so Paul now is going to, he's laid out all those things that I've just mentioned to you, and Ephesians 6, he's going to remind them, you have spiritual war that you're engaged in when you're following Jesus. And in order to be filled with the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, do you think for one moment that the kingdom that we just got rescued from wants us to do that easily? So there's going to be a battle to do that. And the way by which that God gives us, this is what's beautiful in all the Scripture, God does not call us to do something, but He does not enable us with the resource to do it. And in Ephesians 6, verse 10, Paul talks about this armor and this battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and put on the in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, 
which is the word of God. The sword of the who? Spirit. So, if I am praying, Lord, fill me with the Spirit of God. Permeate everything about me in my life. Do you know what tool he's going to use to do it? The Word of God. Now, if you're saying, well, what part of the Bible do I need? I'll give you one chance. All of it. Every bit of it, from Genesis to Revelation. Some of you say, well, I I just like the new. You really can't understand the new without the old. Because if you heard us talk about it, it's the Old Testament that's giving us this beautiful thread line, the story of redemption to show it's all fulfilled in Christ. Everything that we need. I want to show you the scripture that you you don't need to cheat yourself by just reading just what might be easier for you. Certainly there may be some texts that are a little bit harder, but man, how God can open up the word if you're saying, Lord, fill me with the Spirit of God. That's the same thing when you're saying, oh God, open up your word to me. What you're saying is, God, let the Spirit permeate me through the word. Let me show this to you. I'll just give this text to you on the screen. Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 through 21. You can put this on your notes if you're taking notes. He says, no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by who? The Holy Spirit. So we're saying, Lord... Fill us with the Spirit of God. Then guess what God has done? These words on this page from Genesis and in Joshua and in we get to Proverbs or Ecclesiastes or Daniel or Ezekiel or Haggai or Micah or Malachi or Nahum or Jonah or Matthew or Romans or Galatians or Ephesians or Revelation. When we're reading these things, you're not simply reading just words on the page. When you think about the number of manuscripts that are available today to show its validity and how God has sustained this word, it is potent. It is powerful. It is impactful. It is life-changing. It will set you free from things that are holding you down. It will encourage you when you're burdened beyond in the miry pit. It will give you wisdom when you need wisdom for direction and decisions. It will give you hope when you feel like everything is falling apart. Why? Because Hebrews 4 tells us this word is living and active. Why is it living and active? Because the Holy Spirit who wrote it is living and active. So you want to be full of the Spirit of God? We have to be in this Word. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. All of Scripture. Say the first word with me. All of Scripture is breathed out by God. Same thing that Peter says. All breathed out by God, and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every, every good work. Now, we like teaching, and we like training. We don't like the two in between. We don't like reproof. Reproof is the stronger word of correction. Correction is like the gentle nudge to say, hey, you're heading in the wrong direction. 
the reproof that comes from the Word of God is when you've not listened to the correction and you're like driving down the wrong way, like you're going on the opposite side of the interstate and everybody else is trying to say, turn around. That's what the Word of God is doing to us. So sometimes we're going the wrong way with our lives. And this is what the Word does to us. So we're, again, that goes back to that previous truth. We need to walk in the Spirit of God. And the Word of God, inspired by the Spirit of God, is going to help us to do that. Now, I want to illustrate what some of us do and what we need to do. Now, I want to treat the edge of this stage like this is a pool. So you're all sitting in the pool right now, by the way. <laughs> when we were building this, someone kept saying, where are we going to put the, where are we going to put the pool? That's in the basement when someone asked me. Okay? If you can find the basement... That's amazing because we don't have one. So this edge here, let's pretend it's a pool. This is why some of you say, I went to the pool, and some of you never get in the pool. That don't make sense to me, by the way. Like you put your bathing suits on and you sit in the chair just to tan. That is like one of the top things that's what I call waste of time. Some of you say, I went to the beach. Would you get in? No, I just went to tan. You paid money to go sit by water? First of all, I'm a, our family's hikers, like to the beach. If I never go back to the beach again the rest of my life, I'm okay with that. Really, I am. I've done it, been there, done that, checked out the box, boop, I'm good. But this is what some of us do. Like, cool. you'll see, some of you get in the chair and you just want to cool off. So what you do, you might like dip your toe in. <sighs> Y'all know because some of you have seen people do it or you've done it yourself. Right? And some of us treat the Bible that way. Like, we're, we're good. Like, we check off in our mind, well, I did my two-minute devotion this morning. Two minutes? Then some of you will do a little bit more than that. You'll get on the edge of the pool and put your legs in. And you'll sit there for a little bit and, like, want, you know, just let your legs get there. And then you get out and you, I'm good. Now, some of us go a little bit more. So that might be like spending maybe a day in the Word. But then some of us, are ready to do a cannonball in. Are you ready to catch me? <laughs> Just kidding. I, I thought about it. And some of you get in there so long, when you get out, you get out, your hands look like prunes. Like you've been in there because you're just like swimming in the pool. You've been to the pool. The first two people, you ain't been in the pool in my opinion. But the last person, you've been in the pool. Like you're swimming in the pool. You can say the same thing people go to the beach. So look, this is what I'm talking about. When we're talking about, we want to... Be in the Word. We could say it another way. Saturate your life with the Word. Meditate. Just be in the Word. Read the Word. Let the Word get through you. And what happens is you, God begins to work in you. And when you're saying, fill me with the Spirit of God, the things that you think may not have been relevant to you, you think, well, how is the Old Testament relevant to you? You know, the Bible tells us there's nothing new under the sun. The same sinful people that we are today, the same sinful people that's been living since Adam and Eve's days, and the same issues they dealt with many years ago, 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, is the same issues we deal with. I saw an Instagram reel not too long ago. It said, what would happen... If we treated our Bibles like we treat our phones. Anybody seen those reels? You know, let me just kind of illustrate it this way. Like, you know, you, what we do is like, come into a light, come into a light, it's red. Some people just pull their phone out like, mm, wait until it goes green, then you go. And sometimes even like here, we're walking around and people's got this. Hey, morning. You know what I'm talking about? And then maybe even like in your house, you know, it's just sitting on the counter, you pick it up, sitting on the counter, pick it up. What would happen 
if we did our Bibles that way. Like if someone looked over in your car at the red light, you're not looking at your phone, but you're looking at your Bible. Like you walk around the workplace, you run into people because you're reading your Bible. Now, I'm not saying you need to necessarily do all those things, but I just think it proves a point. It proves the point that, you know, we, we are so prone to distraction and doing things that we think are important. But if we're wanting, if we're wanting the Spirit of God to fill us, we have to be able to make the time. I don't buy the excuse any longer when someone says, I'm too busy. I love what I heard one preacher say. He said, when we get to heaven... Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok, and all the other things, whatever they are, there's going to be plenty of reason to prove we had plenty of time. The truth is, if we say we want to be filled with the Spirit of God, many of us are not willing to do what it takes to be filled with the Spirit of God. It's like saying, I want to lose weight, but I don't want to change how I eat. I want to get healthy, but I'm not willing to exercise. We have to be able to use this. Paul says this is the sword of the Spirit. Now, the sword of the Spirit that he's talking about is not a sword that we put on a mantle just to observe. It's not a sword that's just something just to be admired, but a sword that's to be used in battle. And this word needs to be used. You heard those old expression, if you find someone who has, has a Bible that's worn out, it probably means that their lives probably isn't a mess. Anybody heard that expression? Now, that doesn't mean go tear up your Bible today and come back and show me next week. But there's just some practical truth is that we need to be in it for the sake to say, God, I, I want you to permeate me. I want you to, to change my life. I want you to do this for me. I want you to so make sure that we're in it. Let me give you. Let me illustrate it another way. How many? How many marinate meat to soak to before you cook it? All right. Now I have done this before, like when I'm in a rush, whether it's chicken or beef or whatever, and just kind of dip it real quick, try to get some just lathered on there and cook it. It really doesn't taste that great that way. You might get something on the outside, but it's not really marinate. That's like a wannabe marinade. Now some of us might even be a little bit more. Would do like 30 minutes. Well, it doesn't. The problem is the meat is dense. It takes a while for it to soak in. When I was in high school, one of my first jobs is I worked at this local restaurant called The Rib Shack. And they were smoking stuff all the time. Like you drive by there, you just got hungry because you smelt them cooking the ribs. One of the jobs that my friend and I had every night before we left is we had to take out the new shipment of ribs. And we had five-gallon buckets full of marinade that we had to put the ribs in the buckets and set it in the cooler. And they had to soak for a minimum of 24 hours so the marinade could penetrate into the ribs. So that when you took a bite of the ribs, you weren't just getting an outside taste. It was all the way through to the bone. That is what I'm talking about is sitting with God and being in the Word of God. So the connection is, Lord, fill me with the Spirit of God. Some of us are so quick that we're not allowing the Word to penetrate, to get to the core of our being so that we can be filled with the Spirit of God. What we immerse ourselves in is what we'll be filled with. So we need to pray for it. 
We need to walk in the Spirit. And we need to soak up the Word of God. Let me give you the fourth thing, but the second one today. We need to believe the Word. Now, I'm putting it short on the screen, but I'm going to give you the fuller statement. So if you're writing notes, do this. We need to believe the Word because the Holy Spirit responds to our faith and fills us. I'll say it to you again. We need to believe the Word because the Holy Spirit responds to our faith and fills us. I want to illustrate what I'm saying here. I want you to put all these in order. Now, we're praying for it. We're walking the Spirit. To be able to walk in the Spirit, we have to grow in the Word so we know what the Word is teaching us. And now, to believe this truth, I'm talking not cognitive ability. I'm talking about like putting what you read and putting it into action. I'm trusting these things. And what I want you to see is that in the scripture, I'm not just conjuring this up to give you just another point. That as we believe this truth, the Holy Spirit that's in us fills us with more power as we're trusting what God has already said. Let me show this. Back to Ephesians. Go back to 3. Don't you see 16 and 17? I'm going to show this to you here, and then I'm going to show it to you in a couple of other passages of Scripture. I will give you a physical illustration, and I will give you a biblical illustration. Ephesians 3, 16. Again, believing this truth, and the Spirit fills us. Notice 16 and 17. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through what? Faith or belief. Now remember, he's talking to believers, those who already have been saved. So they've already expressed faith in Christ for salvation. That's Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. So this action of what Paul is saying here is he's praying for them to be filled with the Spirit of God, but he says that they could be strengthened by the Spirit who is in them, and it will be granted to them in the fullness of Christ through faith by believing these particular truths. Let me illustrate it this way. I'll take you back to the previous illustration so we can make the connections that are here. I'll take you back to the breaker box illustration so we can see how this ties together. We talked about how we're not walking in the Spirit. We're praying for the Spirit to fill us, and then the Spirit reveals things in our lives, and we need to turn those breakers on so the power is going to those rooms. Well, in those rooms, if the power is now available, you often have outlets and light switches that are there. Now, the power is not jumping out of the outlet, but the power is available. Follow me? Now, if I have a fan that I want to to run, then I don't just set the fan by the outlet. It does no good. It's not going to just arc over and get it going. But if I plug that fan in, I still have to do something. What do I have to do? I have to turn it on. And when I do, now the power that was present is now flowing out of the outlet into this accessory that I now have in my life, in your life. The Spirit is available to us, but He's going to flow 
as I plug in my faith and believe the truths of God, and as I trust him with the things that he's laid out for me to do, he grants me the power to do what he's asking us to do. Are you with me? So as I take the steps of action, because sometimes, honestly, if we read the word, sometimes we read some of those challenges or those commands and we say, Lord, how can I do that? And the answer to that question is, we can't. But God who is in us, through the Spirit of God, can enable us to do those things. So there's some things that we say it's hard, but we have to step in faith. And as we trust God to do that, He can enable us to do it. I want to show you a few examples of people in Scripture where you see these two things are connected. Their faith, and then this statement that says, and they were full of the Spirit. Turn with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 6. First one that we will look at, if you're looking for where that is located, it's to the left of the book of Ephesians. If you get to the Gospels, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then Acts, Acts chapter 6. I want to show you just that this combination, these two things, as these individuals I want to show you are characteristically described as people full of these two things. Acts 6, the context of this is the church was exploding, meaning it was growing just numerically fast by the work of God. As they were growing, the apostles needed help to minister to people. And the apostles told the church to set aside some people to help them. And I want you to notice what is said about them. And I want you to notice specifically what's said about Barnabas. Or excuse me, verse Stephen, excuse me. Verse 3. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. So what we have here is this description where the qualifications was make sure they're full of the Spirit, but Stephen gets chosen as well, and the description to describe his walk with God is he's full of faith and full of the Spirit. Let me show you a second one. Acts 11, Barnabas. The story is that God was doing amazing work in Antioch church at Jerusalem, which was kind of the founding place, and Barnabas was there, and the leaders said to Barnabas to go check things out down in Antioch. And so, let's see what the Bible says about him. Verse 22. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God... He was glad and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of what? Faith. 
These go hand in hand in regards to these individuals in this early season of the church. Full of spirit, full of faith. And you say, well, I don't necessarily see that connected right here. Well, let me show you an actual passage where you can actually see that through believing, the Spirit moves with power. Go one book more to your right. Go to the book of Romans, chapter 15. I'm showing you those examples of those people. And I want to show you to you in the text in Romans 15, 13. Paul says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and in what? So that, meaning the result clause of the in believing by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound or be filled with hope. What's Paul saying? That as I'm believing what's happening. The Spirit is filling me with hope. You say, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit of God? We looked at this last week. It means to be filled with the fullness of God, fullness of Jesus, the fullness of the Spirit. And when you think about the characteristics of God and Christ, they are gods of hope. They are gods of joy. They are gods of peace. So when you're saying, I'm believing these truths, and as I do that, the Holy Spirit is filling me, permeating every area of my life with the aspects of the character of God. This is what this means. So, how do we do this practically? I'm trying to give you the concept and the truth that we're praying for, be believing by the, fill us with the Spirit of God. So, why would God give us more if we're not acting on what we had? So, we want to trust what we have. So, go back to Ephesians and let me just walk you through some examples practically how this works. So to use the illustration that I gave you, these examples I'm going to give you is like you plugging in the fan to the power. And all these scenarios is you plugging them in in faith, trusting, God, I'm going to do these things. And by doing these things, you're acting in faith that God's going to give you the power to do them. Ephesians 4, 29 is one. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, be only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Now you say, how is that a faith action? You choose your words. You choose how to speak. So if you're saying, well, I can't help those words coming out, that's not true. So if you have the Holy Spirit, he's working in you to convict you, even as the wrong word thoughts come to mind. Let me just give you the example. How many of you have had the Holy Spirit check you before something comes out? How many had the Holy Spirit check you after you let it come out? And then more of you responded there than the first time. But this is trusting 
If we're asking for the Spirit to fill us, then this means sometimes in the hard things that we're saying, okay, Lord, I'm having a hard time with this person saying what's good words. So, God, I'm going to speak truth to this person. I'm going to speak life to them. And as you act in faith, it may seem unnatural. It may not seem normal in doing it. But as you do this, you are acting in the power and the grace of Christ. Remember, God loved us while we were still sinners. And so if we're wanting to be full of the Spirit, then that means that we need to be acting in line with the character and the Spirit of God. So this is one example. It may be saying, Lord, help me as I say these words and as you act in faith by believing that He's going to enable you, the Spirit flows and gives you the power to do so. Let me give you another one. Chapter 5, verse 22. I'll just walk through these examples that Paul gives us. Wives submitting to your own husbands. You say, that's hard, Pastor. And it may be that as a wife, you say, Lord, I'm going to try to submit to my husband. I'm going to try to act and respect him. I'm going to take these steps. And even though he may not respect me back, I'm going to act in this particular way. Now, this does not mean that the husband is a dictator. That's not what this text says. We don't have time to walk through all that, but that's not what this means. But it may be that you're saying, Lord, I'm going to act in this. And so you're believing that in doing so, that God's going to enable you to be able to do this. And God works in the spouse. Then, in retrospect, verse 25, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. If there's anyone that has a higher charge, it's the husbands. I mean, to love your wife as Christ loved the church sacrificially, laying everything down on the line. And so, by believing, remember Romans 15, 13 says that by believing, the Holy Spirit fills us. So, if I trusting and doing this and I'm trusting the power to work then you begin to have him experience and begin to experience him working in you chapter 6 will go to children kids you thought you were left out not a chance children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right so even as you children and teenagers or even as college students maybe still living at home Learning that respecting and honoring your parents is to glorify Christ in that behavior. And maybe it is hard, but you say, Lord, I'm going to act in this way. Help me to not respond rudely, arrogantly, pridefully, disrespectfully. I'm going to act in a way. And as you do these things, again, you're acting in faith, trusting the truths of God. And the Spirit of God works. You can go on and on. There's other examples down there and. Chapter 6, verse 5, slaves and masters. We put that in regards to your employers. Maybe your boss is a jerk. Maybe you have someone's employer that's just not good with you. But that doesn't mean you get to be a jerk back. And so you say, Lord, I'm going to respect and honor, and I'm going to believe that you can give me the grace to do this. And the power from the Spirit enables you to do it. Do you understand what I'm saying here? That believing the word of God is placed in action to these particular things. And there may be other various issues where you need trust that God's going to take care of you. Meaning, it may be that you're having to step out in faith to actually be obedient to the Lord. And you say, well, for some things we've talked about, is God calls you to follow him, surrender your life to him. The next thing if you saw is people following through baptism. And some of you have a hard time taking that step because you're concerned about what the ramifications of that may be. Well, believe God that if you take that step, he's going to take care of all the other people around you. You might be the first person that God uses to impact your family. Do you get it? Do you understand? And so we see we're not just praying 
We're not just walking. We're saturating ourselves in the word of God. And we're believing the word of God. Well, let me give you the last one that I believe the Bible teaches us of how we can be filled with the spirit of God. And that is that we seek for the glory of God and the glory of Jesus above all things in our lives. Now, that may sound simple. But... Let's think the opposite. How many of us seek for our own fame or our own preference or our own wishes of what we want to do rather than always seeking for the glory of Christ? Meaning, I want him to be first. I want his name to be known. I want his name to be magnified. I want you to get this rooted in the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Listen closely to me. This one, I really could do a whole sermon on this, and we may have to at some point. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is primarily to bring glory to God and Jesus. That is the primary purpose of the Holy Spirit. So when you think about all those things we've talked about, when you're praying for the filling of the Spirit of God, you're walking in the Spirit of God, you're growing in the Word of God, you're believing the truths of God, it's because the Holy Spirit's role wants to use all of those things to enable you, if you're being filled with the Spirit of God, what it means is your life is wanting or needing to bring glory to God and Christ in every area. Let me show it to you. I'll show it to you in two places. And then I want to give you an illustration to help us to understand this. Go back to Ephesians 3. This text is so central to all of what I've been teaching on this week and the past two weeks. Now notice verse 14 again. That the central figure that Paul is praying to is God the Father. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. Now to verse 20. The pronoun him that's being referred to here is referring to God. Now to him, God, who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. According to the power at work within us. To him. Who's the him? Now, God. To him be what? Glory. In the church. That's us. Not this building. And in who? Christ Jesus. For how long? Throughout all generations, forever and ever. Meaning the Holy Spirit's role from the beginning when God entered into time. In Genesis 1, the Holy Spirit's role. Someone say, well, where's the Holy Spirit at? I don't see him mentioned a lot. It's because, listen closely, he's always the backstage person working, stirring, exalting for the glory of God and the glory of Jesus. Listen closely to me. The Holy Spirit, not one point, one verse, ever, ever exalts himself. You look at the scriptures, you look at the angels, you look at all creation, they're worshiping God the Father in Christ. You say, well, I thought the Holy Spirit, God, yes, But he's the silent player for the exaltation of God and Christ. Man, the Lord uses this week just to challenge me to think through. That's the way I need to live. 
We need to hear this. It's not about putting us on stage. But the Holy Spirit's role always is to seek for Jesus to be exalted high. For God to be exalted high. So when we're saying, fill me with the Spirit of God, what we're saying is, fill me with the power to give me strength to live for you, for your glory. Give me the strength to conquer sin so that Christ gets the glory. It's all about Him. It's all for His exaltation. So, get this. The Holy Spirit, I want you to think about parallel and perpendicular. You with me? Parallel running in the same direction. Perpendicular, contrary. The Holy Spirit's purpose is to bring glory to Christ. Glory to God. So if I'm not walking in the Spirit, but I'm walking in the flesh, I'm not walking parallel with the purpose of the Spirit. But if I am walking in the Spirit, I am in direction parallel with what the Spirit is doing. And the Spirit says, yes! And so I'm filled with the power of God because I'm living in purpose with what the Spirit's purpose is for. And so when I'm sitting before God in the Word, I'm walking in parallel because I'm allowing the Spirit of God to stir in me. If I say, "Mm -mm, I can't do that, God, I'm walking in perpendicular to the purpose of the Spirit of God, and He can't move, He can't flow, and so that breaker's turned off, but I've turned the breaker on, the Spirit is working, and I have to let Him work in me, then I'm working in parallel. So the more, the more I'm aiming with my life as a child, listen children, listen teenagers, the more you get this now as a college student, you're saying, what does God want me to do in my life and my career? First and foremost is bring glory to Christ. If it's driving a garbage truck, do it to the glory of Jesus. If it's designing amazing buildings with beautiful architecture, design it so that people say, how do you do it? And you say, because it's by the power of the Spirit of Christ. If you're the best teacher in a schoolroom, if you're the best engineer, if you're the best hairdresser, you're the best lawyer, whatever it is, you do it for the glory of Christ. And as you aim for living that way, the Spirit is unleashed in us. And His power flows. But how many of us are living for our own No wonder maybe the power is not working in us. Can you imagine with me if you're driving down an interstate? And those interstates, there's sometimes where those interstates, before they become full interstates, they are like four-lane highways. And you ever driven across the the U.S., sometimes you cross those. And so you're like cruising, and all of a sudden it goes from like 70 or 75 out west, sometimes 80. And all of a sudden you get to this town, you got to put on your brakes, and you got to stop. And you got to pick back up in the speed. But can you imagine me if you're like driving down Interstate 12, and then there's like an actual dead end all of a sudden? You've got to do something. You've got to slam on your brakes. And we're not able to flow and keep moving. Some of us have placed dead ends in our life that need to be bulldozed down. 
so the Spirit of God can move. Because that's what he's working on right now. You're saying, fill me, Spirit. But it could be that's the very thing. You want more? You want more of him? This is not a rhetorical question now. Do you want more of him? Then listen to where he's speaking. Are we walking parallel or are we perpendicular to the Spirit of God? So how do we get full? First question is this. Do you have him to begin with? If you have not repented and believed in Jesus, then you don't have the Holy Spirit. You may have your conscience, you may have good morals, and it may have gotten you far. But it won't get you into the kingdom. I'm inviting you, for those of you who are hearing me, that if that's you, then today, repent and believe and let the Holy Spirit seal you, as Paul says, until the day of redemption, meaning the day when Christ comes back or calls you home. But if you are a believer and you have been sealed by the Spirit of God, the question is, do you want Him to fill you? If you say yes, then are you willing to do what it takes? The things that He may challenge us, the things that He may call us to do. Are you walking in the Spirit? Are you repenting from the things that God has made very clear to you to get rid of the roadblocks out of your life? Are you in the Word? You got your toe in the Word? Your legs in the Word? Or are you in it? Have you jumped in the pool? And then are you believing, acting in faith to the things that He's given to you? Why is He going to give us more if we're not going to act on what He's already shown us? We need to act on what He has revealed to us so that God can give us the power. And the last question is, Are we living for the glory of Christ in all things? All things. I challenge each of you today in this room and those who are listening online, whatever the Spirit is showing you, act. I long for you to get this. I long for us not just to hear it conceptually, but to put it in practice. And it may be that in a moment we actually stand and sing. Some of you may actually need to kneel at your chair, at this stage, at these steps, and do business with what the Holy Spirit is already stirring in you. Some of you may feel that you're walking in fullness. Don't assume because that you're walking in fullness that the enemy won't try to destroy that. Protect it. With all costs. He's raging and looking for the moments when we don't live in these things to stay full. I pray that God will get you full. Keep us full. Walk in fullness and live for the power and the glory of Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Lord, thank you that you give us yourself through the power of the Holy Spirit. That we can be strengthened to live for you, have victory over sin, 
God, thank you that you are the one that's in this very moment searching the hearts of those who are here in this room and those who are watching online today and those who will watch it at some time in the future. So Lord, I pray, I pray as Paul prayed, fill us with your Spirit. The power that's at work within us, enable us, O God, to do these things. Enable us to walk with you, to walk away from sin. Enable us, give us the discipline, determination to be in your word. Not just dance around it, sit beside it, but be in it. So we may have the Holy Spirit's inspiration word coming in us. God, I pray that you would help us to believe it, live it, act in it. And God, help us to walk in parallel, in tandem with the Spirit's purpose. You said in John 16 that when you would go, the Holy Spirit would come, the Spirit of truth, and He would say what you taught Him to say so that He would bring glory to you. God, show us if we've been trying to be center stage rather than you. Lord, if there are roadblocks, dead ends in our life that need to be bulldozed down, show those so that your power may flow through our lives. God, to those in this room and those who are listening who have not yet repented and believed and followed you, who've been trying to live by their own moral conscience, God, I thank you that you, I thank you that you can redeem our conscience. Redeem our moral living and give us something far greater, the power of the Holy Spirit. So I pray for those in this room and those who are listening to do that, that today they would follow you. So now, Lord, in this moment, speak to our hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we stand and as we sing, time to respond. The song says, I want to know you. What a fitting song. I pray this song would be a prayer for us as we sing this. Respond to God as He has spoken to you. There'll be people here to pray with you if you need us. Let's respond to Him.